pleasure to have the CEO of Google Cloud, Thomas Curian, with us today. Thomas, always a pleasure to see you. Good to see you too, Bob. Thank you for having me. So, Thomas, uh, so much going on in your world these days, right? You know, you've finished up a, a very, very lively next session recently and lots going on with Google Cloud out in the world. Just love to hear some of your top line impressions about, you know, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and then we can go into some discussions about customers. You know, what we're seeing, I think, when we reflect <laughs> on customers, I think most customers now are looking to but the last 20 months, you know, people have been working through this pandemic that we're all facing. The first phase was sort of doing the critical things. Critical things was enabling people to work from home, getting your systems online for e-commerce. You know, if you're a hospital, getting your systems up online for telehealth, et cetera. Second phase sort of happened. We were helping lots of organizations with areas like supply chain visibility, bottlenecks that they were seeing in logistics, et cetera, using our platforms to help people analyze that. But now as people look forward to 22, 23, many of the leading companies are looking at, you know, the pace of digitization obviously accelerated enormously mm -hmm. through the pandemic. They're looking at what technology platforms do they need for that next phase of growth and how do they build for the future? And that's a lot of what we're helping clients with is that area. Thomas, could you talk a little bit more about that? You know, uh, those areas and, you know, what they're asking for and what those conversations are like? Yeah, you know, our, we, 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 when we talk to clients, we really look at the five important capabilities that we feel an organization needs to build for the future. One is being the best in their industry in the understanding and using of data uh, because digitization without understanding data, whether it's understanding your customer, understanding your suppliers, understanding your supply chain, you know, it's not really possible. The second, do you have the infrastructure technology and the software development skills to actually become a leader in the use of technology? You know, many companies had outsourced IT uh, as a result, they didn't have the software skills in-house and in critical areas, they need to build that capability in order to you know, use technology in the future. The third one is as they move data into the cloud, you read a lot about cybersecurity breaches mm -hmm. and being the critical asset in an organization, uh, there are the data becoming a critical asset. There are more and more threat vectors coming in on users, applications, and data. And so how do you make sure that as more of your users become digital workers, they want to work from more places? How do you ensure that your systems, your applications, and data are secure? The fourth one is um, all of this technology innovation would not be possible if your people were not participating in it. And people, along with data, the key asset in any technology evolution, how do you make sure the creative, you know, enthusiastic people that you have in your organization are given great digital tools to work in a hybrid environment? Because I think most companies that we speak with realize that they're not going to go back to work the way they used to work prior to the pandemic. And so what are the tools and capabilities they need? And then lastly, as we look at the longer term, like the long arc, you know, 
of where bigger programs need to be put in place. I think we're all sitting here right after COP26, and there's a big interest in how do we help organizations use technology more sustainably. Um, in our view as Google, in a few years time, there won't be intelligent software and non-intelligent software. You know, so how do you use artificial intelligence and build the capability in your organization to use artificial intelligence more capably? So these are some of the longer term things that we're looking at as well. Yeah, Tom, uh, that's, a, that's a great overview. And I think it encompasses so much. And as you said, in the last 20 months, the world has changed profoundly. So it was interesting to see you break out sort of the first phase, second phase and the third phase. And, you know, the the so many of the businesses that I talked to today, Thomas, that point about acceleration, the ability to be able to move at the speed of the world around them or the markets they serve is critical. Uh, and it seems that the, the role of technology is just going to become more and more important in that area. Yes, absolutely. I mean, every industry has gone through some profound changes. You know, when I look at, for example, uh, entertainment, so much of entertainment used to be going to a physical space. And now everybody spends a lot of time streaming, playing online games, etc. When you look at you know, retailers, retailers, the first phase of that change was the shift to online. But when you shift online, there are significant challenges in understanding where do you position inventory? How do you handle your supply chain? What products do you build? You know, do you, do you stock? And then you read a lot about as we go into the holiday season, challenges with supply chain, fulfillment. So the second phase is really now that I have that digital front door through which people can come in, what do I do behind that to make my systems and processes a lot more efficient? And we see that almost everywhere. You know, when we talk to financial institutions, a program we're working on a lot is, you know, how do you handle financial crime? How do you handle things like anti-money laundering? A lot of those processes required people to go to a branch of a bank in order to submit their identification as part of the KYC process, if you will, right? Know your customer. Increasingly, people don't do that. How do you ensure that you can handle all of it completely digitally? And that's where it's the, the second phase is really transforming the fundamental processes in an organization using technology. And that's that second phase that we see or third phase that we see people focused on. So, Thomas, as you described that, it was interesting because a couple of years ago, uh, I know one of the things that you 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 mentioned on a, a couple of different occasions was that Google Cloud had been known in the past for it was a, a favorite of cloud native companies, and that part of your mission was to be able to say, yeah, we want to retain that, but also be able to move in with more traditional businesses. And so, I think the recent deal with CME, the things you've done with Ford, and there's quite a long list. So, could you talk about? some of that, the Google Cloud engagements with, you know, large, if I could call them traditional types of businesses. Yeah, a lot of our work has been to bring technology, software, and our engineering practices to help traditional companies that have big ecosystems modernize and transform, right? If you look at the automobile industry, I think you're seeing just a fundamental shift in that industry you're seeing a shift in the way that people discover cars. You know, in the, let's say in the good old days, people would go to a dealer and drive a car. Increasingly, they do most of their discovery online. 
uh, and then they may procure a vehicle by just driving it once. Um, you see that uh, the way that people experience a car, increasingly they want more of the services that they are used to, whether that's entertainment, et cetera, all of these personal services to be available with them in the vehicle. And so, the, and then they, there's changes also in the ability to understand based on that, how you offer them better products by improving your manufacturing, quality assurance, all of those processes. And the work with Ford is a very comprehensive program across the way that we're reimagining with Ford, what's the nature of the vehicle? How does somebody experience the vehicle before they buy? How do they experience it after they buy? How do you change the notion of how you manufacture the vehicle? And vehicles are increasingly more and more about software than about mechanical systems, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing that we see a lot is, uh, you know, just using the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Here is a, you know, a very important part of the financial system, the largest financial market in the world. Um, and what people want uh, to, to have better capabilities for, which is the nature of the discussions we had with Terry Duffy and his team was, how do you do three important things? Improve accessibility and reach of financial markets. And the, as consumers want to participate in financial markets more and more, many financial instruments are now being traded off of, you know, regulated financial markets, right? Mm -hmm. They happen to be traded as crypto exchanges and things like that. How do you broaden the nature of the products and services, as well as how do you broaden the reach of the financial market? The second is there have been many things done historically around modernizing systems, but we are working with CME on modernizing the use of data and the capabilities that we offer in the exchange through machine learning. So as an example, can we improve how risk management services are offered through the understanding of data? Can we improve how quickly trades settle and clear through the use of machine learning? These are all capabilities that we will learn from the domain expertise that CME has as the largest such exchange in the world, but also the engineering expertise we bring to provide new platforms to, to make this much more broadly accessible. Thomas, what you just mentioned there, I think too has been a, a part that Google Cloud is helping to drive this notion of a co-creation. Um, I guess it's existed for some time, but it really seems to be coming to the forefront now. Um, where companies need to change profoundly and they bring a certain set, as you described, of capabilities to it, but they need also the technology partners to come in and really uh, not just internalize it, but make it a part of their, their, their very fabric. That's right. And, you know, just there are lots of different ways that we see this co-creation happening, just as a very simple example, right? Development practices. You know, we at Google stage an extraordinary number of changes weekly to our production fleets, both for the consumer services and for our cloud services. And one of the practices people want is if they're going to become software driven, how do you make those possible? How do you make them faster? How do you make sure that they don't cause issues when stage the fleet? And you can imagine a, a kind of a large financial market like CME cares about that. And even a company like Ford Motor Company, when you do an over the air update, cares about it because they don't want to have the vehicle have an issue. Do you, do you see what I mean? So one set is around how do you do modern software development? The second is 
how do you build technology in a unique set of capability? You know, when you look at a financial markets exchange, there are requirements placed around fairness, around latency, around the, the notion of a universal notion of time for all the participants. I mean, there are many, many things there that the evolution of our technology to solve those problems gives a material lift for these, these organizations. And then lastly, you know, the, the one of the biggest things that we see in this co-creation, not only is the understanding of the domain, but also simplifying. Once we understand the domain, we can take that technology and that capability and put it into the infrastructure so mm -hmm. that it becomes much easier for people to manage. And I'll, I'll give you a practical example, um, cybersecurity, right? There are breaches all the time. You know, we always ask three simple questions. Do you have the ability to tell whether you are running a secure configuration? Because almost every cyber breach is like a black swan event. Mm -hmm. Before the breach, the organization thought it was secure. After the breach, they realized they were not. Number two, once you are breached, do you know if you have explicitly removed the intruder? Mm -hmm. There's not an easy way in most cases to verify that you've explicitly you know, remove the intruder. And then lastly, you know, part of the thing on cybersecurity is what are the core tool sets that you're using and how do you simplify the, the biggest issues that people run into with cybersecurity are not necessarily technological, but operational practices. Mm -hmm. And when you have a plethora of tools, it becomes super hard to operationalize these. So these are examples of places where given our expertise on building and managing large-scale services that you can imagine we had to build a lot of cybersecurity capability to protect them. How do we then bring that to every organization to protect theirs? And these are all different kinds of domains in which we're working around this co-creation notion. Thomas, that's uh, you know, a, a fascinating example there of you know, how quickly these things are happening. And it's not just uh, you know, to gloss over a certain process and help it be a little more efficient, but you're changing things, you know, almost at the DNA level of some of these companies, right? And how they operate, how they think, how they innovate into the future. So I wanted to ask if you'd reflect some on, uh, I, I think it was a, a an appealing idea of yours, a core idea when you joined Google Cloud almost three years ago about industry solutions that the world was moving to a point where the traditional tools could do part of the job, but there were new things emerging that required new tools. And that has really come, you know, booming to the forefront. Yeah, I, we felt, frankly, that the application of technology will always be adapted to different industries. And so we are proud that, you know, we've helped a lot of organizations adapt. And I'll give you a few examples just to illustrate them, you know. In the public sector during the pandemic, there were lots of requests for benefits, loans, and other things that went to state governments as well as federal governments. You know, state of Wisconsin had a huge rush of uh, requests from citizens for these things. Mm. They had a huge backlog of them, just like every other state. Uh, we helped them implement our document intelligence, artificial intelligence solution to automatically receive these applications. The system reads it and processes it. It's taken their backlog down to nothing. So they have no backlog, they're current. And it cut the cycle time from many months to just 
a few days. And that's an example of the application of artificial intelligence into a process that is so important for the citizens of Wisconsin, for example. Second example is the work we did with a major industrial manufacturer of almost all the smartphones and other things in the world. You know, one challenge you have when you have quality inspectors on a manufacturing line, they can't stand next to each other during the pandemic, obviously. And the second thing is the rate at which you can run the manufacturing line is proportionate to how quickly you can actually inspect the products at the end of the line. So they used our visual you know, imaging quality inspection technology that we've adapted specifically for manufacturing to improve quality inspection efficiency and speed by 400%. So not only did it keep the people safe, it also sped things up. Um, IKEA, you know, really famous, uh, uh, you know, uh, furniture company, a retailer. We help them improve the accuracy and the efficiency of their recommendations by implementing our recommendations AI with their e-commerce system. And one of the things that, you know, it's not a, it's not a simple problem, particularly when you think of buying furniture by looking at an online system, because it's, you know, people historically have wanted to touch the furniture, sit in the furniture, see it accessorized in the room. But working with IKEA, we learned a lot from them on how to make such an experience possible. But then the accuracy of our recommendation system has hugely helped them improve the experience for their customers. So these are all different examples of things unique to each industry and unique to the application of technology to serve the needs of people in that industry. Yeah, yeah. And Thomas, you know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, in 22 and 23 of this, the, that industry-specific category, I think, will become the hottest segment in the cloud market because the, there's continued to be such a need, you know, as yes. you've described, once companies get into this, they start to realize I'm not just making what I used to do more efficient, but I'm actually building entirely new capabilities, new revenue streams. That's right. Yeah, and we, we believe that, you know, for the long term, for any technology, you know, it can't be just about cost savings. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got to be about new capability, broadening revenue streams, opening up new markets, and providing the organization the ability to do things that they couldn't do before, right? And so a lot of our view is that for technology to get to the next level, you can do that. And we also see that technology can be now applied in many more contexts. You know, there was a, a, a great case study at our next event by Walmart and how they're using our data platform. And the interesting thing is the number of different domains in which data is now being used, whether that's on the distribution center to understand how to be more efficient in pick, pack, and ship, whether that's in the retail store to automate replenishment, whether that's in the online system, their e-commerce system, to provide the right products and services to people, whether it's in last mile delivery to optimize logistics, you know, these are all different domains in which data can be used and can be done to transform fundamentally the capability of the organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas, everything you've described here today, I think in some ways reflects on this notion of speed and acceleration and the, 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 the passage of time in some ways. And it was barely, you know, two and a half years ago, uh, just over that. But you were, I think, in your second month at Google Cloud and at a Goldman Sachs Investors Conference. I 
think Heather Bellini phrased a question something like, well, Google Cloud's revenue isn't as big as Amazon and Microsoft. What are you going to do to catch up? And I, I just loved your answer about where you said what people want from the cloud today isn't necessarily what they wanted two or three years ago. So, Thomas, just in that sense, I wonder, could you, you know, offer your view of where we are today and where you see sort of this great arc of the cloud and business and innovation headed over the next year or two or three? Yeah, we, we definitely see that the pace is accelerating. We see that, you know, there are lots of new things that we will see coming to reality through the application of technology. You know, the first one is, I think just the nature of how people work, I think will be quite different after the pandemic than before, right? And what I say is the following, uh, if somebody had told the world that everybody would be at home for 18 months and still get as much work done as we did, it creates a profound feeling that it was not all bad being at home and working remotely. And so people will want to cherish some aspects of how they work with that, along with obviously being in the office, ideating with their colleagues and working. So we do think there'll be profound changes and we're evolving our products to enable those new work styles. The second thing is that there will be new pressures coming in as we look forward from new areas. You know, one example is, you know, we're in a real rush to have a more sustainable planet and have a more sustainable environment. And, you know, talk about an area where there's time pressure. That's going to lead to an enormous amount of innovation and innovation in a variety of different ways. Financial services organizations want to measure the, you know, the, the impact that their clients are having on the environment and to make thoughtful investments. Uh, new companies are being formed to drive renewable energy sources. Automobile industry, which, you know, a few years ago had a fraction of the automobiles to be electric, are going to change very, very quickly over the next few years. So there are profound changes associated with the consciousness that we all have around sustainability. The, the value of data, you know, I always say, Bob, if somebody said that uh, to a retailer, you will know and understand your customer a lot better when they never visit your store than you did when they actually came to your store. People would have said, that's really crazy. And then if you told a customer today, you actually, there was a time, at least I'm old enough to say that I went shopping a lot before e-commerce. And we would all drive to the store not knowing whether the product we had or wanted was there in the store. Um, those are profound changes that have been brought by the use of technology. And as we look forward, for example, how do services companies like wealth managers, financial services institutions, insurance companies transform the notion of what services mean what advisory means in a digital world. You know, you got to think through that. And there's, so there are some really profound changes ahead. Um, and lastly, if you look at, you know, the changes that happen in an industry, uh, when a manufacturing industry becomes a software industry, you know, you read a lot about automobile companies because of memory shortage, not being able to ship automobiles. And it's because of a mechanical engineering industry changed to, a, a software-based industry, and they were competing along with other computer and phone manufacturers for memory, and all of a sudden there's a shortage. When you look at a pharmaceutical industry, 
pharmaceutical industry used to be a lot about chemical experimentation to come up with new drugs. Mm -hmm. And now through the use of data, you saw enormous speed up in the way that new therapies could be discovered. So in every domain, we see that the application of data, the use of technology, and the pressure and increasing speed of like environmental consciousness, technology transformation that'll be driven by it, all create new avenues that will require technology innovation in the years ahead. And so we are very committed to helping customers who are facing that have, you know, our general view is Google was very fortunate that we were able to, when we brought a cloud, build on years of experience in building large scale consumer services. And so our expertise that we gleaned from that allowed us to stand on the shoulders of all those engineers who built that. We now want all our clients to be able to stand on our shoulders as we support them on what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, Thomas, that's an elegant vision and uh, one that I think aligns nicely with what it seems the world needs today. I, I'm, I'm still, my head's still spinning a little from what you said there about you tell a retailer, you will know more about your customers if they don't come into your store, but that's the reality of today. Yes, I mean, that, those are all things that, you know, just the nature of, of technology and how it changes things. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting when you look in the rear view mirror, you experience technology in a different way than when you're looking forward. And our, our goals are to help organizations. We really truly believe the important challenges and our mission uh, is to help clients with their most important challenges. You know, uh, our mission has always been, can we help you use technology to change the world? And can we use technology to solve some of the most important problems facing not just our world today, but also to secure it for our future generation, for your grandchildren, for my son, et cetera. So that's a lot of our thought goes into that every day. And a lot of our capabilities evolve to support people in that way. Well, perfect, Thomas. Um, this has been great. Thanks so much for the opportunity to catch up and hear about what's top of mind for you and, and your company. It's a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Bob. Really good to see you. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thomas, thank you very much. Same to you and yours. Thank you.